Mark Hinnan, hello. Hi, hello. What's up? Welcome to Simulation. Thank you for having me. So pumped. Me too, me too. No idea what's going to happen, but we'll see. Accept yourself is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the sharing of what is a critical component for becoming the creator for God realization. Yes. Yeah. Often overstepped, often overseen, often overlooked at, and then yeah. Good luck becoming the creator from resistance. Yeah. And yeah, typically seen as these flare ups of conditioning. So anger or resentment or fear or anxiety or unworthiness or un un unlovability <clears throat> and that by shining the light of awareness on these yeah. sub subconscious fortifications, they lovingly dissolve and are integrated, healed, um, and then we can more cohesively, harmonically vibrate as that very infinitude and intelligence, yeah. Nice, well said. You pay attention. <laughs> I pay attention in Mark's Accept Yourself 2 program. And Accept Yourself 3 is coming up. And that is July 7th, August 8th. Yep. Yeah. And so it's easy to remember 7, 7 to 8, 8. And, yep. and so... Mark's taken, is it 50 people, right? Yeah, um, approx approximately. Yeah. Yep. Since uh, February. Since February, 50 people have won on the Accept Yourself program with Mark. And I'm excited to talk about that on the show and help it share with more of our audience and more land in the hearts of you all because it's such a critical component in, in the process. And I'm excited for Mark to be able to share it. And we also have some um, nice visualizations to help along the way. Let's play for a bit with Mark's um, trajectory and how nice. he yeah how he yeah. got to where he's at cool long story short um but uh it is a long story and i might write a book at some point because it's so multifaceted and cool so and when i share my story whoever's listening like see if you can relate to this to your own story as you're listening um so i was born <laughs> i wasn't but i was um and the first few years of my life i was like connected to source to energies i could see like orbs flying around and like uh, i could just feel the oneness with everything um i remember this first thought i had i was like two years old laying in my bed in my childhood uh, house where i grew up and i'm looking at the ceiling and i had these moments in those first few years where something would come over me and i would feel as if i was an alien like as if this wasn't my planet i, I was like what what the hell it wasn't my body even sounds were like were just alien like and so it was in this state and i remember thinking like of course these were abstract concepts back then but looking back from from now it's like it was like 
what is this? What am I doing here? Like really like contemplative, right? At two years old, I was like, what the fuck? And so was pretty happy the first few years. And then I went to elementary school. Uh, that's where it all went down the drain. <laughs> um, because I had growth problems, I, uh, my body was smaller than average and I had glasses. So immediately coming into elementary school, especially like after a few years, two or three years, uh, I started getting bullied and uh, it was a Catholic school. So I was, I was like, not really brought up strictly Catholic at home, but we, we were put in a Catholic school and we did celebrate Easter and like uh, Christmas and we went to church and stuff like that. And, and I got this children's Bible. And as I was reading, I read this every every night before going to sleep and I connected really with the essence of Christ. So not the person, but actually the energy. And I felt like, wow, like, this is my only friend. Like I, I can trust this guy. I didn't trust anybody in school. And like, so I like, I can trust this guy. And I, I, I really believed in, in, in that. And, um, then the last few years of, of, uh, um, of elementary school, which you would call like before high school, just before high school, I started getting aggravated. Like, is it aggravated when somebody attacks you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, so I used to walk home from school and just randomly these kids would assault me. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is this happening to me? Right. So that's, we're going to come back to this uh, perspective that I had. Like, why is this happening to me? Like, if, the, if God is real, like, why would this happen to me, right? So I started losing my faith. I started losing that. And especially when I went to high school, I was this angry atheist. I was like, God doesn't exist. Uh, only science exists. Uh, only evolution exists. I always believed in aliens, but, and ancient civilizations and stuff like that. But God, I was like, okay, they fooled me. Like, they fooled me with the Easter Bunny and, like, with Santa Claus and Jesus didn't exist. It was just a fairy tale. So I felt betrayed. I felt like angry. So for most of my teen, and that doesn't mean that I didn't have fun. I had fun, but still the fun was, there was always a shadow uh, behind that. And let me see. See if I can tell the story without angering my mom. <laughs> I can tell you this. I I, I took it. I made made a few decisions, which led me into prison. And those decisions were so because I lost my faith and I was a smaller than average boy. Most of my life, I was trying to prove my worth outside of myself. Right? I was trying to be good. I was trying to. I was debating with other people just to be right, just to feel good about myself. Yeah, I'm right. I feel good about myself. I feel strong. I feel empowered, right? And so I came out of my first long relationship. She lived in another city and I went back to my hometown and some friends of mine were doing mischievous stuff and I felt like I had to prove myself. So we started doing this mischievous stuff and I was good at it. So like we're going to come back to that as well, uh, achieving so I was good at something for the first time in my life. <clears throat> Why would I stop? It was also making me money. So that didn't, didn't makes sense. Of course, I got busted and went to prison. And that's where I think was the start of the shift. Mm -hmm. Came out, got new friends. For the first time in my life, I felt like I had friends that had my back that I could trust. Not that the Not that the friends that I had before weren't trusted, but I just didn't trust myself and I didn't trust them. So after I came out of prison, uh, I got new friends and I felt like they were re reflections of where I was at then, uh, growing more into self-love. I started doing ecstasy and like all that kind of stuff, drugs and 
party scene and festivals and after parties and like cocktails of eight different substances and like looking like finding the edge of consciousness and having these trippy experiences and of course that wasn't sustainable either so after like one and a half years of every few months sometimes a few times per month uh partying all the dopamine and serotonin and, and all the good stuff uh, and my brain was depleted and so i was laying on the floor thinking like how can i live with myself like i can't go on like this because i'm one i'm numb two only when i party i feel good three when i don't party the friends that i party with i need them to validate my worth and so I was like depleted because I was constantly seeking outside of myself for uh, worthiness, empowerment, <clears throat> feeling good about myself, all of that stuff. And so I was like, okay, something needs to change. And one of my other good friends, an amazing artist, um, he was like 10 years or 12 years older than me, so a little wiser, he quit uh, drinking alcohol or using any substances 30 years before and he started he was meditating already for a few decades so he told me about meditation and at first before that breakdown moment I was like meditation I'm not a woo-woo like hippie <laughs> you know totally judging it and he taught me this meditation so, so I went to him and I asked him dude like I need help or I'm or I don't know what to do right and he said, try this practice. It's a combination of two practices. One, before you go to sleep, because I told him the worst moments were before falling asleep because I was worrying about everything and like worrying about people leaving me. And then that meant that I wasn't worthy and like all of that stuff, right? So I went to bed worrying every single night uh, for most of my life, actually, since my childhood. And so he told me, Okay, do this before you go to sleep. Lay down, take a few deep breaths, deep into your into your abdomen, and feel the energy in your separate body parts. So start with your right foot, then start, and feel your calf, then feel your thigh bone, then feel your hips, and so on and so on. Then, as you start to feel calm, as your nervous system calms down, try to observe your thoughts as if you're laying in a grass field on a sunny day and there are the clouds are passing by and the, the clouds are thoughts so i was like cool i can do that and i did and it was easy and sometimes when it was less easy when it was about a certain family member or whatever labeling the thought labeling the cloud oh family oh work it helped with letting it pass by so i was doing this practice for like three weeks and three weeks into the practice I'm laying in bed in this automatic meditative state so it was already having its effect it was already part of my conditioning already the meditation practice reconditioning not unconscious conditioning of course um, so I'm laying in bed in this state and all of a sudden these images pass by, but they were non-personal. They were about humanity as a whole, like as a whole. So I see this ancient civilizations like Atlantis and Egypt and Sumeria and Jerusalem. I just see it pass by as vividly as I'm seeing you right now in my mind's eye. And the moment the images shift to the present, they fast forward. I don't know how far into the future. And what I felt in that moment was something that th this big of a shift I haven't felt actually since that moment. Where I felt this love that was, I felt this love with doing ecstasy with my friends, but this, it was like, the the party love that i felt and this love was the party love was a fragment of what i was feeling it was this immense love which was everywhere but yeah. i was that yeah yeah 
and there was no separation between me and that love and that love it felt a little feminine felt like it was holding me and it has always been holding me it's, even when i was an angry atheist it was still holding me yeah and i was one with that and it was one with everything and i knew and i felt and i experienced in that moment that there's no separation everything is me not me mark but me that is beyond as you know and this is a this is a little flag apple you would say that that's where uh from that moment on forward everything was peaceful right no <laughs> <laughs> that's where it started that's where it started my friend that's where the unconditioning started yeah. right so i had this this awakening this glimpse this which even in the hard times i could go back to that so that it, it, it did make everything easy and this was like 11 years ago and it's been 11 years of finding what that was and trying different practices and finding different teachers like Muji and Ekatoli. I've done so much great work with Ekatoli's books. Like without Ekatoli, I wouldn't be here. Uh, definitely so much impact it's had. Um, the with Sorrow, of course, big impact. And a lot of the practices that I'm doing in the program, I've learned from him. And I've applied that and the admitting the fee, which we'll be going into, um, is one of the biggest uh, things that have made the biggest impact because so 11 years ago, I was 26, I had this awakening moment, but it was 26, uh, 26 years of any, any time uh, something didn't go my way this core assumption of there's something wrong with me came up, right? And I believed in it for 26 years. So over the course of the last 11 years, uh, up until like two and a half years ago, it was still coming up and I was still operating from that when it came up. I was still believing in it. And that's where the accept yourself comes in, right? So until I got a reflection from my dear friend Bentinho, we said, You've done so much work. I'm paraphrasing. This is not literal, literal, but you've done so much work, but your shadow is still operating the show to some extent. And this is my invitation to you. Do you wish to eliminate your shadow once or for all? And my, my answer was yes. And, and it was uncomfortable because I was seeing how much in my spiritual practice, I was still trying to disprove. Yeah, there's something wrong with me. I was still trying to prove that there's nothing wrong with me in my mm -hmm. outward actions. Not mm -hmm. all the time, but even in the 80, 80, 70, 60% of the time I wasn't doing that, yeah. the shadow of there could be something wrong with me was still somewhere yeah. in the background lingering. Yeah. So know yourself that, and, and, those I've had many of those of different moments in the last 11 years where know myself, those awakening moments happened, uh, crazy moments where you're like, Oh fuck. Where you're actually standing still and practicing act, act at uh, power of now, like, Oh fuck. I believe that there is time, but actually when I stop, there is no, I, I can only find now. The rest is in my mind. Tomorrow is in my mind. Yesterday is in my mind. Four weeks ago is in my mind. So that's know yourself, right? And that's great. It's great to practice. But know yourself also has to do with knowing what you're not. And that is where accept acceptance comes in. Like, oh, I picked up this belief. There's something wrong with me. And I'm accepting that I did. Otherwise, I'm going to chase my own tail trying to disprove this assumption in my spiritual practice also and then my outward actions with helping others and like yes. all of that so yeah that's in a nutshell yeah. my life of course the last 11 years like there's all a whole spectrum of experiences i've had and challenges i've i've been through and for sure but in a nutshell that's where 
this is like the the how it, crux of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Say, yeah. Yeah. I love how you mentioned this at such a young age for yourself where you delivered this question of who am I, what am I doing here? And usually this is a question that comes up only in the teens or even in the twenties or sometimes in the thirties as these like midlife crises. And then that in a sense ends up becoming one of, if we, if we truly increase our desire to 11 and we just fan the flame of, of desire of that question, we can, through a process of deduction, um, using the intellect as Siddhar Meshwar Maharaj Nisargatata's guru says that we can take this bird's way to the nature of reality. And yeah. so, yes. And so that biggest question is such a huge, if we turn the knob of desire up and fan the flame can take us uh, through the know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator, foo, rocket ship. Yeah. And, yeah. And so I, I also really love how um, you had this process of the low of the roller coaster. And I feel so many similar vibes as you were sharing where, you know, being, um, being, sh being shorter and being, um, you said glasses and having this, um, for, for me, it was being called jelly belly because I was fatter, um, than the other kids. And, and that there's, all of this, I love how you view it as that there's all of this subconscious conditioning that the individuated mind, body, spirit complex picks up that yeah. we don't, we don't clearly know ourselves at those deepest layers of the subconscious, which is also what Buddha taught in the process of stilling yourself using the breath to the point of which you can get to these deepest roots of suffering. And I love that practice that was also shared by your friend. And it was after prison as well. So I also went to jail for four months for mischievous stuff. And, <laughs> and that's these lowest lows that are so transformative. And we, when we look back, we can really be like, blessed by those experiences that then rocket shipped us upward on the roller coaster. Yep. And your, your friend's recommendation was really efficient because yep. yeah, it's such a simple one is to leverage the breath and then to leverage all these different releasings of tension across the body, just feeling into that calf and the quad and the torso and the neck and the yep. shoulder. It's such a useful practice. And yep. then further, and then furthermore, the very classic one that's been used across these mystic traditions of juxtaposing the, the clouds that appear and disappear with the sky. That is yep. the background, the, the awareness, yep. the beingness, the I amness. And then going through a process of, of having the nature more and more revealed to you via direct experience by this turn inward at that level of subtlety. Yeah, and then, yeah, 100%. And, th and then what happened was I started to attract people that matched that growth and that inner, and then the The paradox for me was I'm, I'm attracting, attracting these reflections that are reflecting my expansion and my expanding in self-love. And then 
slow down is to not make it about those outer reflections, to not try to seek validation from those outside reflections. And so that was a big, big journey for me to actually see that where I was still in my spiritual growth, still operating from there's something wrong with me. I need somebody to tell me that there's nothing wrong with me. It was, it was wow. Yeah. It was painful like to see that, to actually see that, to actually see, oh fuck, I'm, I'm operating yes. from this. Yes. It's, but it's fine. It's fine to see that. Yep. The, the activity of watching the, the clouds is like the first pillar, know yourself, because you're watching the frames of your life more vigilantly. And so you're getting to know yourself at a more intimate level where you don't just jump between thought clouds without any idea of vigilance of watching yourself. But instead, now you become way more hyper conscious and vigilant of the thought clouds, the emotions, the beliefs, yep. all these things appearing and disappearing. And then the space opens up more and more as you do this investigative process of that, that sky-like awareness, beingness, I amness. And like you said, when you had this, the, this feeling of the God's love that transcends everything that is possible in uh, any entheogenic experience, um, even giving birth to a, a child in, in, the, in a nuclear family, um, because you, you recognize that the, every subatomic particle is made of love. Yeah. But, and, and then, um, <clears throat> And then, then, then the process, I like how you describe it, that, that even from that point, it's still a beginning of this new mm -hmm. chapter, because yeah. then there's the process of creating a, in this accept yourself part and becoming the creator part, there's a, a juxtaposition that's still created between where I'm coming from. That seems yeah. to be the easiest way to describe it is, am I coming from the place where every subatomic particle is God's love? Or am I coming from the place of, I still need to be seen or validated as worthy by my family and by my friends, yep. by my peers? And the last, uh, I would, the last, how, you, how can you call it? Is it a state of consciousness or is it the state of being? Like that coming from needing to be validated. That is the state of most of humanity. I would say at this point. That is why the rat race is, is there. <laughs> that is why it exists because, because you're validated by your actions, right? In the, in the conventional world. And when I'm coming from, as I, as I said, uh, as, in, in the calling work words like being touched by God's love, people being touched by God's love, then if I'm coming from that, when I'm coming from that, I don't need to be validated by anything outside of myself because I like, what the fuck? Like God's love, what else do you need? Then it's not anymore about gaining something from something. It is radiating out that yes exactly paradoxically so you'll get like you get everything you need but that's it's not about that this is a probably a good time to bring up the admitting defeat visualization of the core curriculum cool. yeah okay all right so one of the core curriculas of the accept yourself program and also passed along by Bentinho um, is this admitting defeat to your core lack belief or weakness, um, which we were just explaining in this visualization. And you can see the mouse cursor here that th within this manifestation chessboard is where your, 
you're seeking the validation, worthiness, fame, money, because you're playing in this lower frequency of I will be seen and I will be yeah. worthy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it really re requires to see that you're coming from, like we were saying, the place of having a lack. I lack, therefore I need. Yeah, and I lack love, so I need a partner, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, um, and then what's so beautiful about this is when you sort of are able to visualize it and recognize that when you sort of surrender, when you get to this higher frequency zone of I surrender and I admit defeat to this, to this chess game of, of fighting for validation, worthiness, money, fame, love, um, you tip over the king, it enables the shift from this person to this God-son state of I am already always worthy. My cup is already always 100% full. Yeah. Yeah, or uh, uh, to quote Bantinho again, but I, I think more people have said this, the mere fact that you are, you are, you exist, that's proof enough, that's enough proof that you are worthy because you are, you exist. What else do you need, right? But to get to that place, I get it because if you believe that you're not worthy and you believe that you need to achieve something, that you've believed in that for most of your life, that you need to achieve something to feel good about yourself. You need that money, you need that job, you need that partner, you need a family, you need whatever you want, whatever you project outside of yourself as a desire. And then when I have that, then, then I'm worthy. And if I can't have it, then it perpetuates itself, this belief, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy, I'm unworthy. Even if you attract a partner, it will blow up in your face at some point. So the practice here is to really slow down and actually see without judgment where you've been coming from for most of your life. What is that that's been operating on the background? And you, you, of course you need the light of awareness for that, to shine the light on that. And, and with me, it was one of the biggest triggers for me was failure. And what failure triggered was this belief that there's something wrong with me. So before I was aware of this, my action looked like trying to prove myself right. I was a master debater for most of my life. I felt so good about myself if I was right. But I felt so shitty if I was right and people were not validating that. Or if we played a terrible soccer game and the blame was put on me. I felt shit for like five days because I felt actually, I believed that that meant that there was something wrong with me, right? So to actually slow down and see that, wow. I do believe there's something wrong with me. Mm. I do believe I'm not good enough. Okay, fuck it. I'm not trying to fight it anymore. I'm not trying to prove it wrong. See how paradoxically paradoxical that was. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to prove wrong the belief that there's something wrong with me. It's like double wrong. Like <laughs> um, so slowing down and, and seeing that and then being okay. Like one of the, the things that we said in the program was something wrong with me. So what? And actually being curious what happens when we do that. That counterintuitive response. Because the, the normal response is trying to fight it, right? Uh, especially as we become more aware spiritually and more aware of awareness and consciousness. Oh, I believe there's something wrong with me that can't be right because I know I'm worthy. 
uh, let me try like the, it's it's like the same game as being played even when you're becoming more aware but you there's no need to prove it wrong just accept it accept that part of your consciousness has believed in that and the analogy I use uh, oftentimes is there is a child aspect of you that actually believes in that, right? What was your core assumption, Atlas? Oh, <clears throat> I will never be seen. Yeah, that I, and that I need to attain these metaphysical credits to be seen by my family yeah. and by my yeah. friends, by my peers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that's the outward expression. And the assumption is that I will not I will never be seen. Some some I will never be seen. Something along those lines. Mm -hmm. With me there's some there's something wrong with me. And so there is a child aspect of yourself that where it was picked up somewhere, yes. like somewhere in my life, something happened. I did something when I was in my child, like happy state, I did something and there was something said, Mark, you did something wrong. Like that's where it starts. Probably mom, father, like most, mostly that's where it starts. And then everything that happened after that is like proof that like, uh, it amplifies that core assumption. Um, like the being bullied was amplifying the core assumption, but I believe it, it was picked up even before I went to school. Like whatever I did in my house, like I, I accidentally hit my brother or whatever, whatever happened. But so there is a child aspect that actually believes in that moment. It's almost as if it's frozen in time. There's something wrong with me and it feels bad because it's, it's not true. Right. But but there, it's believed in. And so whenever something happens in your life, that in your adult life, it triggers that core assumption. So it triggers that child that is frozen in time, so to speak. Yeah. And what you've been doing so far, I'm, I'm making a generalization. I'm not, it doesn't mean that it, you're, it, this counts for everybody who's listening, but what you've been doing so far is you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm going to try to prove you wrong. So I'm going to try to outwardly prove you wrong. So invalidating the child, basically. Yep. Yep. What happens then is that the child takes over and it wants to validate itself, blah, blah. But what we're doing in this practice is being like, you win. You're right. What do you need? There's something wrong. There's something wrong with you. So what? What does it actually mean? I'm here for you. You stop the fight. And then what happens is it, it sees true, it sees true uh, inaccuracy of the statement, but not by anything but acceptance. Yes. It dissolves, but not by fighting it. It dissolves by letting it win. Yep. Letting, giving the child what it needs. And then the more you do this practice, the more it becomes natural. The, re the response is like you're in conventional yeah. <laughs> uh, terms. It's like you, you're creating new neural pathways in your brain. I was, I was about to play with that analogy. So as though there's this, this portion of the neural architecture from the youth that is conditioned with the this subconscious belief of I lack or I am unworthy or I am unloved and then because it's subconscious we then through our teens and 20s and 30s onward that we go through a process of subconsciously aiming to 
through everything that we do in life to get the validation of what was seeking validation in this portion of neural architecture or getting worthiness if in the neural architecture was unworthiness or unlovability. Yep. So we're trying to get love. And so um, it's really cool that when we take this light of awareness and we, and we, you know, it's so, so common that the, that it's focused outward. And when we turn it inward and we put the light of awareness on the areas of neural architecture that we were just talking about, these areas of subconscious conditioning where I look at in, in my life that I had this Armenian immigrant family that was adamant about finishing college and becoming a very uh, a successful immigrant family and that then there was this um, process also upon leaving college to seek more entrepreneurial success and more truth in Silicon Valley, there was this process of constantly seeing that in this packet of neural architecture that, and I didn't notice this, but that until just very recently, that there was constantly this process of looking at my mom and at my uncle and at my peers that were watching me at the community that was watching me and wondering, when am I going to attain enough money or fame or worthiness or validation, enough metaphysical credits that this, this kid went out and he found something that was so valuable and he started sharing it with the world that now I can feel valid. I can feel worthy. I can, that type of process. And by turning the light of awareness on that package of neural architecture, subconscious beliefs, slowly over time, they became loved and accepted radically as they are. And then it sort of enabled the, the shift in frequency from the, the chess game to um, the godson state where I'm always already 100% worthy and free and my cup is always 100% full. And then the attention shifted from um, how can how can I um, like post something onto, uh, let's say, Instagram that then makes it so that although it's like a mixed bag where a one percentage of it is about being seen, but another percentage of it is about saying something that serves other people. And then that shifts from being a mixed bag to how can I only come from making a post that is focused only exclusively on how other people will use this post for their own process of knowing themselves, accepting themselves and becoming the creator. Yep. And yeah, so that was this big shift that happens is not coming from the place of being seen, but coming from the place of only focusing on serving other people. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, because if you want to be seen, then you're not seeing yourself. So when you see yourself completely, then there's no need to be seen in a certain way. Yeah. And then it's about what you said, like how can I bring what I've learned to others? How can I condense, in my case, 11 years of learning into a 30-day package? Well, just do it. And it's been great. Like this program has been great. It's, it's been so awesome to do this. In a sense, every single one of these 50 people and that, like you indicated, there's so many billions of people around the planet that in, in essence have, as we talked about this portion of subconscious neural architecture and that they're playing this game 
but that they don't know that they're playing this game because yeah. there's there's never been a map for um, somebody like you with the program to help them understand that they're playing this game. And, and that by highlighting that they're playing this game and by seeing the portion of their neural architecture that has a subconscious lack belief, um, that then that enables them to see that these higher frequencies even exist and that all that they have to do is surrender and admit defeat to this lack belief and weakness. Um, and then that area of neural architecture becomes um, healed by this I am already always worthy God's son essence. Because you are. Because you are. I am that I am, or just you are. Just because you are is auto-worthiness. Yeah. Auto-worthiness. Full, 100%, cup yeah. full, is just because you are. Yep. Just imagine what kind of planet we would have if everybody would just believe that they are already worthy. Ah, you're so cute. Yeah, hi, Mama, yeah. Yeah, she joined the previous program, and she's going to join the next one as well. And I feel really great about her journey. Thank you so much. So loving. I love that visual you were just taking us on, a, a planet where the core lack beliefs have been healed and that we feel 100% worthy and full. Yeah. One step at a time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So then there's another really good um, visual that we can pull up that is helpful, which is this one. So throughout the program, Mark goes through a, a process of tailoring these reflections to each individual that is going through the program. And so for me, the, the tailored reflection was when recognizing when I'm coming from needing to be seen as the light bringer. And so this is Not the sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and and then each one of these reflections is tailored to each individual going through the program to exactly where they're at with their process that then helps them accept themselves and go to this uh, higher frequency, higher state of, of being. Yeah, exactly. And in the first session, I asked people what their intention is, how they see themselves in their already radically accepting version. And I'm asking them what is holding them back from that. And, and that is this. But, and then in the second session, we actually define what is that core assumption and then this happens and um, and i have an amazing team that also helps with documenting those things so i actually have these things on paper so i can go back to this and hold people accountable as i've done with you and yeah that was great like like just that thing where you said you, you want to get credits or something. Yeah. Metaphysical yeah. credits. And whenever I felt that come up in the program, I was like, hey, Atlas, are you saying this because you want to get credits? Yes, yes, exactly. It was perfect. So good. So so you, if, we, if we broke this down, it would be that there's a um, – Within the Accept Yourself program, there's a portion of it at the early part where there's the 
um, what would it look like if you did yeah. radically fully um, accept yourself? And then, and then that would be like, um, that, um, I will maybe always come from a place of being whole already. Um, and then in this kind of like second portion, like, it's like, what is maybe holding you back from that? Yep. And then in my case, it was needing to be seen as the light bringer like wanting to be seen as that in this, in that analogy of that little area of neural architecture subconsciously. Um, uh, yeah, wanting to be seen by family, peers, validated as worthy. And then when you put it into like a visualization like this, what you get is you get like a little, um, it's like a little like blockchained uh, part of your uh, know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator, mind, body, spirit, complex process is yep. this little blockchain graphic reflection of, you know, Mark reflecting what can be done for this individuated mind, body, spirit complex to no longer come from a place of lack or unworthiness, but instead to come from a place of God's son wholeness perpetually. And then now you get this visualization, this reflection graphic, and it's blockchain for yourself to look at and be like, I'm done with this. I've admitted defeat. I've surrendered the game where I'm trying to be seen. Um, and so now I'm coming from a place of God's son where I'm always 100% worthy um, and that I will never be seen because I already am 100% worthy. And these, these visualizations are so good. These like individuated tailored reflection visualizations because it makes it so that the individuated mind, body, spirit complex, it undergoes a process of, radically admitting that they're getting beyond this. Yep. And then another segment I would say is connecting you to your essence and connecting you to your soul, <clears throat> connecting you to that which was already whole before the conditioning started connecting you to your true self as a soul. Uh, and from that higher self type of state of being, yeah. going, and this is going to be an element that I'm going to implement more in Accept Yourself Tree, um, going to your childhood and changing the script, yeah. changing the story, yeah. which helps with healing that core assumption. Like I went back to my childhood memories and changed the story from I was yep. being bullied to I was in uh, martial arts. That was all martial arts training. Yeah, exactly. There like, you go. That's my story now. Like, yep. I, and I actually believe that perfect, like, everything perfect. that's led up to this point was training. And so I wasn't victim to anything. Perfect. Even when I was physically uh, attacked, like it was all training. It and was training, baby. They're all yeah. senseis. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, uh, like, just like circumstances, when circum when there are different circumstances, the story changes, right? So, yep. of course, I was being attacked. I was being uh, physically, like, uh, attacked. But if I were to be in uh, Kung Fu school or um, ninjutsu or something, if I if I don't perform, then my sensei is gonna hit me with a stick on my back, right? Well, how is that different? It's just the perspective, the story that I tell myself that's different. But actually, it's not that different. Yep. It's not that different from the little Shaolin monks that go to the monastery at eight years old and get not beat into submission, but beat into their best self. So that's why I look at my, uh, yes, my yes. life. Everything. My gosh. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. When, when you can go to that package of 
subconscious neural architecture and rather than be a victim to the narratives that we've been perpetuating for years, instead to look at that area and to say that that was my training ground. That was my senseis. Those were, that was my martial arts style training that then enabled me today to be able to properly be a shepherd or to be a steward, to be in pure service to others because of that subconscious conditioning. Yep. It's beautiful. Yep. Rewrite the script. Rewrite the, rewrite the story. Yeah. Yeah. And you can also, yeah. And, and, and that's also because there is no time. You can also do that in the future. So the moment in the first session, actually, when I ask people to describe what it would feel like after what would the version feel like that already is a radic radical acceptance of themselves, they don't notice, but they're already doing the work because writing the script of the future yeah it's perfect exactly yep yep wow that's great i feel like we did a pretty good job at covering um a lot of what the accept yourself vibe is about and also the even metaphysically speaking what the nature of reality in so many ways is about is picking up that contracted separation energy, uh, the unworthiness energy, and then to on that turn inward, um, uh, knowing yourself, accepting yourself, becoming the creator, the whole game of metaphysical game that we play um, and how accept yourself is that core curricula in the process. You, you can't get around it, guys. You have to undergo this process and it's better to do it earlier. You'll get that compound interest if you do it in your um, teens and uh, and even earlier than if you uh, wait until your 20s, 30s, 40s to, to give this a go. I love the comments. MK Ultra, you're mixing metaphysics with sim simulation science. Please stop. I'm just sharing from my own experience. And if you want us to stop, why are you here? You can just, you can stop watching. So, namaste. Um, somebody else is asking, but isn't changing the story just a rearrangement like the ego, like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? It's working with the ego in my experience. Yeah. Do you have anything to say on that? Yeah, imagine that little area of neural architecture that's been promulgating this perpetual story of I lack or I'm unworthy and then what you're doing is when you shine the light of awareness on it, you're instead of I was a victim to this, you say I was the creator of it. Yep. I, it was my martial arts belts training process. And so yep. that whole it, it's it's becoming the creator rather than being the victim to that zone. It's, it's a very important um, process because the whole game <clears throat> Um, metaphysically is about identity. As I said in the law of one, the entire game is about identity. Are you identified as uh, a victim to that neural architecture, um, to that subconscious conditioning, or are you identified as the very creator of your own escape room to break yep. free from? Yeah. Yep. And, and we're, we're constantly telling stories, right? It's all a story in the end. So nothing wrong with changing the story to a story that feels absolutely good. It's great. Um, yeah. 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 So, so the, <clears throat> the, um, accept yourself three program, um, the link is in the bio below to Mark's Instagram. 
Um, and he has a lot of great content on there to check out. And the also the link to Mark's uh, Calendly um, for the Accept Yourself program, the third one that's coming up July 7th through August 8th. And so there will be probably about 30 people going on that journey again with Mark. Yep. And there's two weekly calls. Yeah, on Wednesdays and Sundays. On Wednesday yeah. and Sunday at noon Pacific? Yeah, uh, still to be determined, but uh, probably two sessions are going to be a little earlier because uh, I have an event that I'm going to myself. Um, and then we have two guest speakers, amazing friends of mine. Um, and one other friend of mine, she's leading a, a cacao ceremony at the end on August 8th. So awesome. I'm very excited about it. And also one session with me, one 15 minute and you've experienced how effective they are. So effective. Yeah. Yeah. That's the personalization and the tailoring at a, yeah, at a deep yeah. level. So each one of these sessions also has a, <clears throat> or many of them have a component where Mark walks you through a radical self-love and self-acceptance meditation. And those are really profound. And he's posted um, several of those on his Instagram. Aw, thanks, JP. That's cute. Yeah. I think MK Cultura wants to be on your show, by the way. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> and then there's <clears throat> also <clears throat> um, after the um, the version three, there is also Mark's in a process of um, exploring how to piece together a lot of what he's already done in the first three sessions into something that people can do on the um, mass skills with accepting themselves. And that's also really exciting to see how that unfolds. Yeah. Yeah. Super excited about taking that offline and for people that want to do this on their own pace and don't have the bandwidth to commit to such an intensive container, which it is, um, to have an online program format that can be go gone through in their own timing uh, with like homework assignments and stuff like that. So I'm excited about distilling the best content from the first three programs and actually writing out a program that people can do themselves. So I'm excited about that. Yes. And then, <clears throat> and then for those that also would like to take it up another notch as well, you can check out the link in the bio as well to the No Limit Society. And so um, in the No Limit Society, we're really this know yourself, accept yourself, becoming the creator and um, being uh, guided by Bentinho, um, just stewarding and shepherding this collective of 120 plus people now. Um, and um, that there, that the vibe there around the container for this purification and actualization is, um, <clears throat> is uh, so potent. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I really enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and what we'll do is I think we'll um, we'll have these um, these visualizations also um, more available um, around um, <clears throat> um, helping um, with uh, with maps for um, people to recognize sort of what's going on in their lives and how to um, radically. Uh, admit defeat and admit surrender to these core lackeys weaknesses and to um, and and also to sort of see these like individuated style um, reflections um, 
um, as we purify ourselves away from the subconscious conditioning and towards that godson, um, always already whole and worthy. So we'll we'll aim to popularize these maps and um, visualizations for people to more uh, frictionlessly be able to. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Actualize, realize. So cool. I think that's a yeah. That's a wrap. Yeah. That was, that was beautiful. And yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah, that was really solid, and I. I, it was just perfect timing, um, having gone through the program and having um, been able to create and collaborate with you for a period of a couple months um, has made me able to be more empty of that conditioning and um, and more coming from a place of wholeness and purity and service. And so that's why the interview felt like it was just way more divine um, timing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, perfect. Perfect. And then for everyone, thank you for tuning in. We love you so much. We're super grateful. Yeah, see you in the program. <laughs> yeah, see you in the program. And uh, like the video if it brought you value, helps the algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below on what Mark was teaching us around accepting yourself, where you're at in the process. And uh, Mark can join in, uh, comment, and chime in. Yeah. Um, yeah and uh, share the video with other people that you feel like would love to hear about the process of accepting yourself. And that's all. We love you very much. Thanks for tuning in. See you in the program. Follow, right. uh, follow Mark on Instagram too. And uh, much love. Thanks everyone. Peace. Cool, I'm gonna end the broadcast and we'll stay in the studio.